Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome into the Hold That Podcast podcast. I should say the Athletics Hold That Podcast podcast, as uh, this is our first official episode under the Athletic banner. Uh, we'll give you some more information about sign-up codes and and uh, what, what you can do to get 40% off if you don't have an Athletic subscription yet. Trust me when I say it is. The best thing going on in sports writers right now. But uh, this is an LSU-based podcast. I'm T-Bob Aber. I'm joined by the Athletics LSU writer, Mr. Brody Miller. Brody, what's up, man? Not too much, man. I mean, it's, an ex- it's a combination. It's an exciting day. It's our debut on The Athletic. This is a big moment for us. We're excited. But it's also our first remote one. And it's all- so it makes it kind of a sad day because our first one, we're not-, we're not face-to-face. We're doing this in our respective homes. You know, I'm, I'm curious how our chemistry is going to be. Maybe we'll be better. I don't know. Quarantine uh, 2K20 is uh, it's in full effect, and I know that around here, well, I have gone full hazmat suit. Uh, so my wife's pregnant, right? You know that she's about a month away from having this baby, and, and you know, look, we're young. I feel if we got sick, you know, I, th- I think we'd be okay, right? But the the nightmare fear right now is that. We would get it right around the baby and then have to be quarantined from the newborn for two weeks. So because that is such an intense fear, we are in all-out anti-corona mode over here. I'm, like, putting on gloves, spraying down packages. They never get to enter the house. I open them gloved outside. As soon as I step inside from having to leave the house, I go straight into this little side room and strip down and change into new clothes. So, yeah, I'm living that quarantine lifestyle, bro, big time. I mean, you're an offensive lineman. I mean, pass protection is a five-man job, you know? The thing is, if I didn't – it's kind of crazy. If I – if I didn't have uh, my wonderful daughter, who is right behind me, two years old with me right now, quarantine would actually kind of be my stoner dream, right? Like, wait, I just get to <laughs> sit at home and play video games all day, and like, yeah, I don't have why. to feel guilty about not being at work, and I don't have to feel guilty about like not going to schmooze with clients during lunch. What? Okay, heck yeah, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm in. Uh, I mean, but instead, now I'm just stuck inside trying to find ways to entertain her uh, constantly. Me and my wife are. Yeah, I don't want to rub it in, but yeah, I mean, well, obviously, I mean, this is obviously bad circumstances to be very clear. But I mean, yeah, I came went to Baton Rouge Tuesday to record with you, and then I have not left the home in New Orleans in literally the past week. I mean, I, it has been I have not exited the home except maybe to walk the dogs. It has been absolutely living. And, and, I'm living and, your and, dream right now. That's the thing, and that's something that you can be proud of. Like you're literally doing a social. I'm doing my part. I don't want to say I'm a hero. Like I don't want a medal or a plaque. If you give it to me, sure, I won't turn it down or anything like that. But yeah, I think I'm being a hero. And it's been. I mean, it's it's, we're recording this at about four fifteen right now, Central Time. And I mean. I'm, to be clear, I've been doing my job to our athletic employers, but I mean, this is the, <laughs> we the literally latest. We have John Hayes, our athletic producer, listening in on this right now. So, Brody, yes, please continue. I, I know. Uh, I mean, I've been doing my job. Extrapolate on how you are but not working at all. This is it's it's New Orleans, and this is the latest I've gone without pouring a cocktail so far this week. You know, I, this has been my quarantine life, and I'm I'm not going to regret it. I'm doing my job. I'm working. I get up early and I work. I think a little podcast beer may be just what the doctor ordered. Uh, but yeah, look, so so we are in And we're not going to bog you down with that the whole podcast. And uh, the entire sports world is in quarantine right now. And there is no football of any sort. No basketball. Do I hear Alice? Yeah, no baseball. No nothing. There's kind of NASCAR. Did you hear about the iRacing out of NASCAR? I thought this is pretty cool. It's like your uh, it's your world's collide sports and, and gaming. You know who's real into i racing? Kyle Long, Chris Long's little brother, the old Bears yeah. guard that just retired. He has like a multi thousand dollar rig in his room. But yeah, I guess all these professional NASCAR drivers use these things, and they did an actual live uh, e race, a live i race, I guess. Uh, so they had Denny Hamlin one. I read that Denny Hamlin simulation setup, his rig is worth forty thousand dollars 
As in, right like now, he just had, like he bought a better rig than everyone else. Uh, you're saying? No, well, I'm sure, like you know, like you know, I, I think I'm sure, like teams own some of these, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's just something that he committed to because uh, I mean, a lot of drivers because NASCAR is like probably the best virtual sport simulating because I mean they laser document these tracks to apparently where like it you know if 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 the elevation if there's a bump here that's like an inch higher like that is represented in the game and you can get really deep into the sim so when they're doing like physical therapy and stuff or you know come back from injury uh, a lot of times that's where they'll kind of get practice on or uh get back into the swing of things so I thought that was pretty cool and you're like well what does that have to do with LSU football LSU football actually has a super badass uh racing setup in their in their players lounge wow so, what a segue to not see that coming wow well played so think about that I, I mean that's where it ends i'm like it's how is this gonna circle back and that's a that's a radio guy right there that is a grizzled vet no i mean hey lsu lsu's but, probably as well equipped for this all as anyone they're as high up in the every, technology department every time i've snuck into that players lounge and tried to use that thing it's always broken and i've never still my greatest regret Ooh, this turned into throwing shade now you're saying lsu's cheap no no i'm just saying during quarantine well i guess during quarantine (laughs) a a vr helmet that everybody's using is actually literally the worst thing possible um so no keep it closed during quarantine and i'm sure broke the thing so that people don't get sick i am upset because i am a nerd I love video games. I love technology. I'm not particularly good at any of these things, but I love them. And I have still, to this day, not gotten to use a good virtual reality headset beyond 10 minutes in the Clearview Mall. And I was so blown away when I did it at the mall that I immediately, just a couple of years ago, I immediately ran home. I picked up my wife. I made her get in the car, and I made her go back with me to do the 10-minute mall demo. One That's day. That's a good wife right there. Jeez. One do day, you Brody, think, I'm going to get that back. Now, do you think one day we'll have – can we do simulation football? Uh, well, I just I, – that's the problem. How can you man. replicate, like, like, line play? The more sim that Madden has gotten kind of – the less I've wanted to play. I, I don't know. Though. I, my, my sports video games have just fallen off over the years. I used to play them all growing up. Then it became mainly FIFA in college, FIFA and NHL to settle debts, settle bets. Uh, and there was there was a little bit of Madden mixed in there in college, a little NCAA. Then NCAA got the axe. And then Wait, just for the people who are listening of, for the first time, who was the highest rated uh, offensive lineman on – I mean, who was the uh, highest rated player on LSU in NCAA football 12? Yeah, I mean, uh, not to brag. Uh, center number 53, uh, you know. I can't legally use my name, or I guess I got paid to. Can I use my name? Either way, uh, yeah. Not to brag on the national championship losing LSU football team that featured Tyron Matthew and Michael Brockers. Uh, there was one that stood head and shoulders above the rest, and that was yours truly, ninety-three right guard. Ooh, so sexy. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know if you can make a great. Sim football game, actually. I mean, I guess Madden's maybe that, but I don't think people are particularly pleased Madden. I will say this. What I find more interesting is that 2K is now finally getting back in the NFL game. It looks like EA's licensing agreement has run up somewhat with the NFL to where... Yeah, but yeah I was going to say, but it's not for a simulation game. It's for like an arcade yes. game. So Which like, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to get into playing... I didn't love like NFL Street or anything like that. That's not my game. Like I want... I want a sim. Like I want like a I want to feel like I'm running a team like a GM or something like that. That's the game I want to play. Well, so I don't get into play the, I'm happy football. it's there. I mean you need to play football manager 2020. I uh, I'm not going to lie to you, T Bob. There's a uh, there's a tab open on my computer that's football manager 20 as we speak right now. So <laughs> two steps ahead I of you. You were joking. Oh my <laughs> God, dude. Okay, never mind. So you really do love the Sims. Nah, man. I, I love the Sim life, yeah. Street. I'm not about gameplay. I'll never forget Ricky Williams like dribbling the ball and then putting it behind his back and doing a flip over someone for a touchdown. That shit was tight, man. You're, you're talking to the guy who does like who like references Bill Connolly stats every article and and like is and loves the analytic spreadsheets. You know, I want to. I got to. I, I got to remember the CEO our part of the game. Yeah, yeah. I got to remember our archetypes. You're the analytics guy. You're the numbers guy. Um, the, well, let's dive. Let's dive into some numbers, uh, Brody. As um, 
Hmm. Well, that segue was going nowhere. Let's just talk about LSU football. Uh, yeah, that so was like good. That's good. For sure. <laughs> everything's quarantine. Junior day canceled. All visits called off. Everybody's sitting home. Everybody's trying to work out on their own. I know he's not going to be on the team next year, but uh, Jacques Doucet had something on Twitter today of um, Stefan Sullivan was out there on the levees running and doing push-ups, and somehow Jacques is just always anywhere anybody is, and he had a camera ready to go. But, like, it's it's unprecedented times. And, Brody, what it's leading to is kind of unprecedented coverage. And when I came from New Orleans and we started doing our radio show in Baton Rouge, it, I used to do Saints 24-7, but since I've come here, it's basically LSU 24-7. Like, we talked about the Saints a shockingly little amount last season, considering they went 13-3 and and were vying for the one seed the entire football season. Um, and, and that's because LSU was so dominant, so great. But also that's because people in this region, that's what they want to talk about. Well, this last week, we even touched LSU. I mean, maybe a mention here or there, and then it's been NFL free agency news that's kind of been keeping everything afloat. I, like, have never squeezed so much blood out of the stones as I did talking about Emmanuel Sanders signing with the Saints and uh, and Andrus Pete getting a big contract to stick around. Like, it's, it's so, so that's all to say that it's just been really tough out there for LSU news. But Brody Miller, your athletic professional, you found a really interesting angle <laughs> of conversation uh in all of this and that's exactly i said junior day was canceled brody how are how is that ogeron his staff how are they recruiting in the age of corona where everybody's quarantined and everybody has to stay at home yeah i mean i think the place you have to start is everybody is theoretically in the same boat so it's not like a you know there's no it's all there's no one team like more hurt necessarily than the others i guess you could say teams that got more visitors on campus already are doing better but yeah i mean this was a big blow for LSU, though, because March 14th, which was two days after they announced recruiting was shut down, visits and all that, that was their second junior day, and it was going to be this huge weekend for them. It was going to be this big slate of Houston, Dallas, Texas area guys. Jabril Cox was coming that weekend, the the North Dakota State linebacker graduate transfer, who's probably the most sought-after player in the transfer portal right now. I mean, it was going to be a, a big weekend of freshly offered guys who like, you were really excited to come down, strike while the iron's hot, all that. And it got canceled. And, get, and like I said, everyone's kind of feeling this. LSU isn't any different than anyone else. But all of a sudden now, the more time that passes and more schools get involved, now all of a sudden the, you know, the value of that offer, that fresh offer, and the value of you know, just that interest in LSU, it, might, it may wane for some of these guys that are a little further away. And all of a sudden, you know, more time passes, and maybe they're not going to be as interested. You just never know. So how are they doing it? That's the question, right? I mean, I think... Yeah, like what's like, like, what's like the... Because I do want to talk about kind of how the players themselves have responded. And a guy like Jabril Cox is really interesting. Number one target to the transfer portal. We talked to him just a few weeks ago on the radio show and off the bench, and he was, like, super excited to come down and get to look at it all firsthand, and that's all now at the window. But I'm wondering more, do you have any insight into, like, functionally what yeah. are the coaches allowed to do right now? They can't go visit. Can they call? Can they text? Like, what are they getting into? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they can call, they can text, they can FaceTime, they can do all those things right now. So it's pretty much, I mean, that's all they can do. And it's, I, for, when I, for example, they're on spring break right now. I mean, Ed Ogeron, he's letting most of the staff kind of relax, enjoy their spring break with their families, except for one thing, right? Stay on your guys, stay on your guys, like talk to them nonstop, because that's all you can do. And, and I think the other fine line they're trying to fight right now, based on people I've talked to in LSU is, you don't want to be like trying to sell too hard right now because it's a weird time. You don't want to be trying to like capitalize on this or you know, so they're kind of when they reach out to guys, they're more talk taking with a, a cautious tone, right? Or they're like, hey, you know, how how are things with you? How's your family? Oh, you're you're staying with your grandmother right now. Is she healthy? You know, is it are you well stocked on groceries? Things like that. I think they're going through that way. And then the guys are going to ask on their own about what's going on with LSU because that's what they want to talk about. And they'll get to those questions. But yeah, I mean, that's all they can really do. And you bring up a Jabril Cox who's one of the best examples because he is such a highly sought after guy. But the one benefit for LSU is he no, he's been, hasn't been able to visit anybody. You know what I mean? So he can't visit anywhere. So it's not yeah. like LSU's necessarily falling back. But no, yeah, it's like, like, said, it, it's like but they had a chance to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. It's like my old man used to say, oh, it's hot? Oh, well, guess what? It's hot for them, too. Get the fuck over it. Okay? You don't got spring? Well, guess what? They don't got spring, neither. Get over it. You got to find a way to be successful. And that sucks for a guy like Miles Brennan, who has so much on his shoulders. And this time could have been really good for him to kind of assert himself as the alpha. But 
It's what everybody all across the country's got to do dealing with, and you just got to play with the hand uh, that you're dealt. So it sounds like, um, man, hearing you talk about that also just reinforces, I think, how miserable it would be at times to be a college football coach. So I'm going to be on spring break with my family at the beach, finally getting out of that damn building, away from the people that I got to spend every day with from like 6 a.m. till 10 p.m., finally with my family a little bit. I'm drinking beers. I'm relaxing. I got the sun on me. Maybe I got a great book. And then I got to be texting these kids still. Texting 17-year-olds, yep. Oh, my God. Like, hey, what's up, boo? How you doing? I'd just be, at this point, I'd just be sending You'd be a good recruiter. Of, That's a good start. Yeah. Hey, baby, what's up? I'm on spring break. I'd be sending thirst traps. All thigh. Oh, look at these. Hot dogs or legs? Oh, and then I think in, I think nowadays, I mean, I would just, if, I, if I'm Coach O, I'm taking pictures of the LSU supply room. I, I'm saying put every roll of toilet paper that this campus has <laughs> in the indoor facility and let's show these guys what we got. I mean, because... Yeah. Is, is, is Ohio that, is State that, this well-stocked on TP? Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, let them know. There's no other major flagship in Louisiana. I guarantee LSU has more toilet paper than anybody else in the state. Who's who's uh, LSU's toilet paper guy? Do they have a guy? I guess that's the question. You know, you played there. I don't. Uh, I mean, Greg Stringfellow seems to be on top of. <laughs> would he be the TP guy? Yeah, it's a good call. Yeah. I mean, I would. I would have to think that he would at least have a hand. Or if he isn't the TP guy, he knows who the TP guy is. He's the liaison um, between the TP and the and the program. Yeah. Yeah. He's a middleman, dude. Uh, so it's it's so you can't go visit these kids. You still have to text them. You still got to stay in touch with them. Um, I think the fascinating wrinkle, though, with it is how you know the the strategy that's involved with a school that maybe one of the few schools that did have somebody on campus. You know, like for example, I mean LSU did have their first junior day, March seventh, and that was a huge day for them. You know, you had your Mason Smith, the five star D tackle from Homa. You had quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer, who's a huge target for them. You had a lot of really good Louisiana receivers, stuff like that. That was a good day. And I and I'm using LSU's example, but then there's Ohio State maybe had kids a week all these things. You're seeing the schools kind of all right, you had them on campus and nobody else can get them right now. Are you trying to capitalize on that? And I think you're seeing that a good amount. That you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be wrong on this. I'm not sure if Ohio, what which percentage of these guys Ohio State had visit, for example. But Ohio State had five commitments in the past week since recruiting shut down. They they had four high school guys. They had Oklahoma transfer running back Trey Sermon. I mean, they had a a big recruiting week, and it's kind of you're seeing them kind of capitalize on the fact that nobody else is able to do much. And I think that's really interesting. So you have an LSU. They might up? have more toilet paper than LSU, dude. That's a good point. You're reading, you the, tea leaves. Right. You're reading the TP leaves. Uh, <laughs> <and> you, <laughs> no, you're supposed to play it cool like we know that's a good joke. We're not going to laugh about it. No, I really like that, actually. <laughs> Nailed uh, it. Okay, sorry. Continue. But, yeah, no. So if we're reading the, the, the leaves, yeah, maybe they are the toilet paper capital. I don't know what Ohio's um, industries are. But, yeah, so I think you look at, you know, a Garrett Nussmeyer is a great example. He's the, you know, he's a top, you know, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. I think he's the number 104 player overall in the country in 24-7 sports. He's one of LSU's top targets. He's theoretically the quarterback of the future if they land him. Well, he was there last week. LSU was already the front runner. He's scheduled to announce a decision in April. You would think they're going to try to capitalize. We we talked to um, Garrett this morning. What? Wow, my bad. I need to be a better team player. uh, If you were uh, not – see, John, I want you to listen closely. Brody's just sitting there at home, just not working at all. Um, If you had been working – then you would have known that I think that Garrett, is, he's pushed back that April 18th decision. Is it late? Okay. At, That's what he told us this enough. morning. He was like, he was just like, it's too crazy. I can't go visit anywhere. Uh, that said, there are a lot of very strong ties to LSU. So Scott Linehan, I guess, coached his dad back in the day. At Idaho, at Idaho. yeah. And then... Um, Oh, what? I thought there was another one. There's uh, another one. I want to say there's an Enzminger connection, maybe, or yeah, it's there's a lot of Nussmeyer connections for sure. Either way, like Linehan and Nussmeyer, it seems like they've kind of been family friends, and now here Linehan is perfectly positioned at LSU uh, to get. And I wonder if, if if they are family friends, like could he break recruiting rules? Even though I don't even, it sounds like there are no rules on calling them right now, but. Uh, but, yeah, so LSU has an inside track with one of the top quarterbacks. I'm kind of hearing that the, the other 2021 target is Caleb Williams. Absolutely. I'm kind of hearing that uh, 
that they're not thinking they have much of a chance on Caleb Williams. So they're not feeling great about it. Well, I think there's here's the thing that goes on with that. I think yeah, I think that's just one of those. He's one of like there's an argument to be made. He might he's not the number one player, but he's probably the number one like national target. He's the number one quarterback, all that in the entire country. So that's gonna be one of those things that no matter how good of shape you feel like you're in, that's going down to the wire. That's gonna be tough. You can never operate yeah. like you think you have that. And I think what makes this one interesting is that LSU has planned on taking two quarterbacks in the twenty twenty one class. They've been saying that since last summer. But, you know, for example, Georgia was in the – it was Georgia and LSU for a while with Williams. And then Georgia um, signed – or got a commitment from five-star quarterback Brock Vandegriff. The second that happened, Caleb Williams was like, all right, no thank you. And he didn't make the top five, you know. And so say Nussmeyer commits in the next few months, which all signs point to him doing to LSU, maybe that's going to scare him off, for example. And then you're towing this weird line of – you, you don't want to rub Nussmeyer the wrong way by going too far for Williams, and then you don't want to be like going hard for Williams, and then because of that, you lose Nussmeyer and all that. But then, so it, I think it's a weird dynamic. But to get back to your earlier point, I mean, I think LSU feels like they have a chance of them. I think they're in the running. They're one of the main schools. But, yeah, all signs point to, at least for now, Oklahoma seems like the front runner there. Brock Vandegrift sounds like the perfect Kirby Smart Georgia quarterback. That's he an 80s movie do, villain for sure. He, yeah. he is going to be just as conservative as Kirby wants him to be over there in that Georgia offense. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking. so if, if Nussmeyer, if he ends up committing, then where, if we, okay, if we, if we, since we're talking 2021 class, let's jump a year ahead. You'll have Miles Brennan as a senior. Who else is going to be behind there? You got Brad John- Max Johnson, sorry, my bad. Son of, Bra- yep. of Brad Johnson. Who they're high on. I think on. they re- talked they're about very that, high on him. Yeah, they really feel like he is the, the guy of the future right now. So in theory. Hey, 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 check it out, though, Brody. Max Johnson's got some competition. Have you seen that IOC spokesperson that's been out there talking about the Olympics? Yeah. One Mr. Dick Pound. Are you Ooh, kidding a, me? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's a. That, I mean, that, that I thought Max, Max Johnson. Johnson was good. Dick Pound is maybe the best name I've ever heard. And that's, uh, that's a choice on his end because, you know, Max, it's yes. like, all right, you know, your name's Maxwell. You only have so many options. Nobody made Mr. Pound choose to go by Dick. I no, assume he could have gone by Rich. Yeah, he could have gone by Richard. He could have gone by Rick, Richie, anything. And he's like, you know, yeah, I'm, but here's I'm, the pot, deal, bro. I'm pot committed on the Pound name. You leave a conversation with Richard Pound and you leave a conversation with Dick Pound. Who are you remembering? That's a good point. And also, like, like if I, you go I by Rich. Almost, I would almost guarantee that he would not be where he is today, which is at a very successful position if his name was not Dick Pound. And then you have that wrinkle of, Richard. you know, if you go by Richard, like, I think everyone you meet is going to be like, who are you kidding? You know, like, we know what's, like, you're, you're being a coward <laughs> yes, by not yes. doing it because we're thinking it. So, like, it's not off the table by not calling it Dick. So then it's like, you know, then you're just being a coward and kind of hiding from it. So I think you're right. I, you've convinced it, me. You made no, the, you're right. He made the it's right PR p- move. It's a PR play because what do they always say? PR 101 here on the Hold Up Podcast podcast, control the narrative. Dick Pound is controlling the narrative. We've always said that since day one. That's kind of been like the, the mission statement of this show. Um, and, and it sounds like Max Johnson is controlling the narrative with how this coaching staff thinks of him. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Boo. Um, yeah, no, I mean, what? it sounds like the staff is very high on him, and I think that's what's going to – we're operating under the assumption there's a long, long way to go till signing day, but we're operating under the assumption that, say, Nussmeyer's LSU Tiger this this winter, say Brennan's here for two more years, 2022 comes around, you probably feel pretty confident about your quarterback room being a third-year Miles, um, third-year Max Johnson, a second-year Garrett Nussmeyer. I mean, that's a that's a pretty yeah. solid quarterback room, plus whoever you theoretically sign in 2022. So, I mean, yeah, I think you feel pretty good about that, all things considered. So, I guess yeah, I was I mean, just wondering from a numbers standpoint if they feel like they need those two. But I guess if you get Nussmeier no. and you really want a second, you can go fine. Like, you can kind of take a flyer on a guy. Well, I'm glad to. you actually said that. I actually just heard this week that the plan since summer has always been two quarterbacks. But apparently even just last week, Steve Ensminger kind of – flipped it a little bit and said, you know, in the staff meeting that, you know, if we find the right guy, you know, that maybe they would be okay with one and then you just take two in 2022. So it's more of just an overall of the next two years. You need a two quarterback year, but I don't think he's stuck to that two number this year. Okay. Uh, One other great part of your write up in the athletic uh, Brody that I found pretty shocking. Shocking. Uh, Yeah. So you, you mentioned the national 
footprint that LSU has recruiting now. And you, you've talked about this in the past, and you, you referenced it again in this article, but it's so great where LSU has done, I mean, I know this makes your heart happy, they do, they've done these analytical deep dives into regions and uh, like which regions produce uh, the best position-wise, and they have figured out that the Midwest produces offensive linemen. And, and I mean, right, and we all kind of knew that, but I guess they've numerically – They've empirically confirmed it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, But this is what shocked me about that. Because, like, yeah, I figured the Midwest. You know, we all knew that. Louisiana, not known for alignment, and we all knew that. But normally you got a couple guys. You got one guy. You got maybe two guys. Am I right? There are zero Louisiana offensive linemen in the top 500 recruits this year. Not even one. That's correct. Yeah, and, and even more specifically, it's just and this is a national thing, so I don't want to make it specific to Louisiana, but finding good offensive tackles is like one of the hardest things in recruiting. And Louisiana especially in that at least Louisiana usually cranks out, you know, maybe some solid interior linemen, for example. But yeah, offensive tackle it's just been so hard to find. So yeah, I think that's what makes that study so fascinating. And to even add to what that study is that we're referencing is, it isn't just like, hey, where does good talent come from? You know, not, it's not like a recruiting thing or a college thing. It's a, it's one of, I believe, I could be wrong on this, I believe it's another Jack Marucci study where it was really about long-term success. You know, the guys who, where is the guy who becomes a 10-year NFL pro? Where's that guy from, you know? So it's not just like recruiting rankings or anything like that. And Michigan, oh, Ohio, wow. Michigan okay. Ohio, I believe those areas are the ones that really have cranked out a lot of talent, which is why in 2019 they went and got Anthony Bradford from Michigan. They got Charles Turner, the center from Ohio, for example. And, and just to get to what we're talking about here, LSU offensive line coach James Craig has basically been in January was going to Michigan almost every week and that's like he's going full throttle in Michigan this cycle and it's because Michigan's loaded in the offensive line this year you know they have three in the top 100 that are no-brainer takes from LSU and then two a five two more I think that are still like top 250 guys so it's a it's a loaded year in Michigan and they're trending really high right now with one of them uh I think number 77 Garrett Dellinger Garrett Dellinger, offensive tackle. So it's clearly worth it if you even land one of those guys. So that, it is just fascinating that LSU's national brand kind of keeps, keeps hey, growing a little bit. Hey, hey, Brody, I don't know if you knew this, but Garrett Dellinger is actually teammates with top 50 prospect offensive lineman Rocco Spindler. I, pr- I did not know that. Thank you so much to you, Bob. I appreciate it. Yeah, you that. didn't know that, did you? That wasn't the next line in your article right after you talked about Garrett Dellinger. Nope, I needed it? you. By the way, I just hey, want to say a fun. Hey, Miller, what? Miller, Dad, are you going to call me out again, saying that I'm stealing your son's takes? You bastard! Wow, that's an old one. That is an older you just pulled out. Yeah, that, I don't even think. Our, I don't think we have. We never took that. <laughs> we, on I, I wasn't going to bring it up on the show, but then you brought it up. So, so a few weeks uh, back, uh, I don't even remember what. I want to be clear. I didn't actually have this take. My dad. It did. was it was Linehan takes, and I went on Fine Bomb, and it was right after me and Brody had done the podcast. And I was talking about what Brody had talked about, which is uh, that, um, oh, that, you know, Scott Linehan, that it's crazy how the, the, the LSU passing game coordinator position went from being like a nothing job that nobody wanted to the next year you're getting like a former NFL head coach to come be your passing game coordinator. And Brody's dad clipped you. Did he send you a video? I don't think he sent a line? clip, but he's he like, send just you the watch. Tweet? Did he's he like, send yeah, you the tweet? yeah, I think it was the tweet. And he's like, interesting. Just listen to T Bob. Uh, seems like his take is exactly like yours was. <laughs> wow! And it was like shots mother, fired across it, dude, the SEC. It, it, it got to me. I was so you were a little like you don't out. get upset often. You were rattled. You're like, Brody, that's not what happened. I was saying this already. I swear. Like I can find clips for you to prove to you. I said this before we talked. <laughs> I literally, I literally and I'm like, went mission successful. I literally went and tracked down a show from like two days previous where at the end of the hour I had thrown in one line about like, and, and I mean, think about this. You got a former NFL head coach to be the passing game coordinator. But no, I mean, no doubt. I used our conversation. It's a, not even original take by either of us is the best part. It's a very like, generic thought. And my dad's like, ah, but he might be listening. Love you, dad. But yeah, he's just like, man, stealing your takes. I'm like, I know. Yeah. I'll tell him, dad. I'll yeah, tell him. Yeah, Mr. Miller. So you got me. Okay. You rattled me. You had me feeling very guilty. Um, and also, Garrett Dellinger is teammates with top 50 alignment, Rocco Spindler. Any, anything on Spindler with LSU or is he committed somewhere? Do you know? Um, I mean, I think LSU is, you know, at least in the running with him. I'm not too sure exactly, you know, where they stand with him or anything like that. But they are, they're theoretically in it. (laughs) (laughs) That was... (laughs) 
I don't think you know anything about who Rocco Spindler wants who is top five RD. No, I mean I've heard LSU's talking to him a lot. I know they're with him. I don't know his like top three right now, and I'm not gonna lie to you. Theoret- theoretically they're in. It. Hey, dude, theoretically they're in. It I'm not gonna pretend to be a recruit expert here right now. No, I know. I know we're not. No, that's why I'm laughing is because I feel like you, that was a hedge of opinion, like, yeah. Yes, yes. You were just like, ah, yeah. like, yeah, you know, I bet they're in the, yeah, totally, yeah. In, in, in That's theory, why you listen to Hold That Podcast podcast. Sure. Uh, so I've looked up, sure. I looked up uh, Rocco Spindler's top five, and this is the most I'm from Michigan top five I've ever seen in my life. Are it you is, looking at 24-7? Uh, uh, yes. It is Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State, and then Oklahoma is kind of an interesting, um, an interesting switch up. But uh, yeah, my old, my old position coach Craig Stadrawa up there at Ohio State, trying to trying to get this cat. Um, so yeah, so 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 that's so, that, so that's something to watch out for going forward in this recruiting. Did you first cycle. see us talking this much recruiting today? Uh, I, I, I did once I read your article because I do find it shocking, like truly shocking that LSU has zero, uh, Louisiana or that there's zero Louisiana offensive linemen in the top 500. Uh, I just can't believe that not even one guy managed to sneak in. So yeah, and the last thing I'll say on this is I think like, that's the point about like, you know, everyone talks about LSU going national and like, why'd they do it? Is it like, because they just do, they could and all that stuff. And I think like the answer is just LSU has been pretty strategic about mapping out a few years ahead, like where it seems like the talent is in the, in the state. And it's like, you know, last year, for example, wasn't really a deep year in Louisiana. So they went really national. This year's a yep. pretty good year in Louisiana, but certain positions, you got to go national. I think that's the point. It's not just like aimless. It's pretty strategic. Tournaments have been canceled. Leagues are suspended. There hasn't been a live game on TV in what feels like a year, even though it's barely even been more than a week. There's no better reminder of how important sports are to our lives than to take them away completely. But The Athletic is still home to 400 of the best sports writers out there, not including myself. And in these very strange, very uncertain times, they are still hard at work doing excellent reporting and telling unique, engaging, informative stories. Like one about Brazilian soccer legend Ronaldinho being in a Paraguayan jail right now, or, or how the situation between Todd Gurley and the Rams was beyond repair, or how minor league baseball players are getting financial support from their big league counterparts. Or, any, or anything that we're reading about LSU, about how Ed Ogeron's becoming one of the faces of coronavirus right now, or how B.J. Ojolari is the, the, you know, the grandson of a Nigerian prince. I, I, I think there's no shortage of stories that you guys want to read. And it's during times like this that The Athletic can help you keep you connected to the teams, the athletes, and the sports you love. Sign up now and see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash hold, hold that podcast, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Games aren't being played right now, but the stories that draw us out of sports, those don't go away. So go to theathletic.com slash hold that podcast for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. All right, Brody. Uh, that'll do it for our recruiting portion of the show. Um, we're going to play a little game here that we wanted to do on the Hold That Podcast podcast. Buy your meats at A Bear Meats. Jefferson South Bacage. Uh, we're gonna do a little, like a little value ranking here. And Brody, to be clear, this is not a best player list. This is a exactly who is most valuable to the team list, right? I think that's the best way to do it, and that probably lends itself to more discussion. So I think that's the way to do it. Okay, so do we'll, we'll maybe do a top five, maybe do a top ten. We'll see. Uh, we'll kind of see where Let's this goes. Let's go snake goes. draft format because um, what we're gonna do is we're basically gonna like draft it, and we're gonna kind of debate it just so you guys know. And I'm going to give you the first pick, and then I'll take second and third. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, I don't care. I'm being, um, I'm being kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I've, I mean, I've got, I've got my tentative top seven. So I've got my board. Me and Sean Payton are over here, quarantined, so I don't get corona from him. Sean at the horse races. Mm-mm-mm. So bad. Hey, real quick before you get into this. Here we go. You've been watching, you've been watching Exotic Joe? <laughs> I actually have it. It's on my list. I plan on oh it. Oh, my God. I, I want to get like committed to that when I watch Brody, it. I'm watching we, a lot of do, shows right now. We do a podcast, and we're going to continue to do this podcast during Quarantine 2K20. And we're all the entire world right now, to me, feels like one giant airplane. You know how when you're on an airplane and you're just you're, you're strangers everywhere, you would never in any other like thing in your life be this confined with so many other strangers. And so there's like a social contract there, right? Where we're all going to be on our best behavior. 
No one's going to rock the boat. Uh, we're we're going to be kind to each other. We're going to get through this together, right? We're going to find some maybe light, fun, cultural touchstones that we can make little piddly conversation about, right? And that's going to make us feel better as humans. During yeah. this quarantine, we're all just trying, okay, we're all just trying to not rock the boat. We're trying to do this social distancing thing. We're trying to make it happen, do the right thing. We need cultural touchstones to, to keep conversation going, to keep us connected. And Exotic Joe, the Tiger King, is providing us with that touchstone right now. So by next week's episode, I need you to, I need you to be here with me, okay? Because you have never seen anything like it. And I know people keep telling you that. And I went in super skeptical. And admittedly, I'm only three episodes in. And I was like, I don't know if it can. After the first one, I don't know if it can hold the momentum. And the momentum, just the inertia just keeps growing. So that's your homework assignment. You got to watch Tiger King. First off, sure, will do. Second off, how rehearsed was that? Because that, uh, that felt rehearsed, that whole delivery. I've been, I've been working on that take for okay, fair. about a week. I think okay. it popped into my head a week ago. I might have said it. I to appreciate a friend. the transparency. Uh, I think I think I said it to a friend over the weekend. Well, no, I mean I, I think it's an analogy that plays. It's I'm like, not arguing the, the val- validity like, of it. it, it I'm it, just saying. If I see someone, it didn't feel organic. And they like shake my hand, or they try to shake my hand in public. I look at them like someone who's yelling on an airplane. Or if I see someone and they're just like being willy nilly coughing, that's like someone jumping up and be like, ah, I'm going to blow up the plane. It just everybody freaks out. It makes everybody uncomfortable. Let's just keep it copacetic. Let's keep it just even keel. And, and, and we're going to get, we're, we're going to get through this. Now I will say this, the cultural touchstone aspect of this take that was new. That just got added in during this hey, rant. It's good. It was, a, the, the, none of this was criticism. I just wanted to check in. No, it was, it no, was good. but good I want to be, I want to convince me. I'll watch. I want to be painfully clear. To the people out there that it's okay it's like people want controlling the narrative people expect art to just come out fully formed right uh why are creators not allowed to change their minds on things you didn't see the first revisions of the hobbit or lord of the rings in fact you did see the first hobbit and then J.R.R. tolkien went back and had to revise major parts of it to make it work in the lord of the rings universe so art is ever evolving sports takes are ever evolving and you shave a little bit here and you add a little bit here so the cultural touchstone just got slapped on there and uh shaved down and so we'll, we'll see next time i repeat it to someone we'll see if i add to it even more it's, I bet it'll as, be as, a, as a young journalist brody that's just a little little tip for you there no that's good good advice i really appreciate you bob yeah, yeah all right thank you you're welcome all right let's do this top five most important Wait. players we'll top go to the first overall pick Top yeah. five to ten to fifteen most important overall players. My first pick is Miles Brennan. Wait, what? Yep, easy. Easton. You you're gonna sit here and say that Derek Stingley Jr. is more important to this team than Miles Brennan? Are you an idiot? Do you know how football works? Quarterback, get over okay. it. I know it's boring. It's the truth. I know it's boring. But when but you're talking true. value, there has to be some built-in notion of like you know they're good or not. Like you're not giving the MVP to the guy who's going to start like before See, the no, season. No, I guess I don't think about that. I think about value as in who will We're talking have like, the uh, the, the wow. like who will be most valuable to the team and might and and, and no, Miles Brennan's performance is. is most valuable to what the team will eventually We're go this on by, to like, do. Like their value, so the combination of ta- like ability and and importance and all that. It's a value ranking. It's like you know who are you giving the highest salary to? It's not. Yes, the quarterback, Brody. Derrick Henry just got franchise tagged, and Ryan Tannehill got $60 million for throwing eight passes in a playoff game. All right, you know what? I'm just going to let you do you, but I just think that's a crazy take. All right, so you're giving me... So who who is more valuable to this team than Miles Brennan? Derrick Stingley. Why? State your case. First off, he's... I don't want to be good too far. Okay, so he's probably the first, second, or third best player in college football, period. You start there, right? He's, Very depending well on what you think about like a, a Trevor Lawrence, whatever you're thinking, something like that. So he's probably the best player in college football. That, that alone, and I don't think it's him. They're, like Miles Brennan's ability, and I feel like Miles Brennan's going to be pretty good. I've said that on the show. I think he's going to be a solid quarterback. But I think the drop-off in what we know Derek Stingley is and what Miles Brennan will probably be is probably sizable enough to, to – to make up for the difference in positional value. Plus, the SEC is a loaded receiver group. I mean, like you look at Alabama's receivers, for example. 
you know how important cornerback is right now. I just don't see. I understand where you're coming from. I'm not like trying to start things, but I just don't see how Derek Singley is not the number one pick. Don't back away from the argument. This is the argument. This is sports talk, Brody. We finally arrived. I always okay? forget you're a radio guy. Yeah, you're, you this don't is to, Corona yeah. 2K20. We're too, this is some completely arbitrary BS that we've made up to now argue about. And guess what? You're wrong because what right, happens but. if what happens if Derek Singley Jr. gets hurt? What happens if Miles Brennan gets hurt? Which one okay, takes no, the LSU? That's team a more? good point, and that's why Miles Brennan would theoretically be like my top. He'd be in like my fourth, fifth, or sixth, or something like that. But why four, five, or six? What are we talking about? We here? have no what? for sure sense of if he's good. Oh my god, dude! If he's not good, then the season's going to go terribly. I mean, that's not true. I guess they have enough talent where like he could be, you know, not, whatever. They won ten games with Joe Burrow throwing what like sixteen touchdowns and five picks yes. a couple years ago. Thank you. Uh, and they have so the best. They have two of the best receive. They have probably the second best receiving core, if not the best, in college football. So like, there are things to make up for this. Yeah, but that's a problem with wide receiver. It's the only position that just completely and wholly relies on another position to to make it work. No, it's a fair point. I'm just saying like those receivers are going to help whoever's playing quarterback. Okay, so we both agree. Miles right. Brennan, number one most no, valuable we don't. player. Um, uh, so okay, well I get said. next pick. Well, now you're talking me out of something. So I had Jamar as my next guy, but I'm changing my mind if we're going just value well, to the Well, you know, look, you gave me first pick, and I chose Miles, so now you have to take Stingley at two. No, I took Stingley. No, Stingley's taken. I have the third okay, pick. Okay, okay, so we're now we're on three. Draft. Yeah, yeah, so we now have... we're on three. Okay, I was just being clear. So I'm between two guys, and it's tough, and you're probably going to rip on me for this, but and this is tough for me. This is genuinely tough for me because the two options here, are, one of them is probably the second best player in college football returning, but I'm going Tyler Shelvin. And that is my hot take Ooh. pick, which you actually Ooh. might agree with me because we're both line nerds, but I think it might be surprising. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Shelvin, I'm not saying he's the best because I think there's, some, there's, there's a chance I'm not too familiar with everyone's D-line in the SEC, but I kind of think he might be the best interior returning lineman in the SEC. I mean, he is a – I think if you go back and watch LSU games and just focus on Tyler Shelvin, you'll realize that what he did last year was incredibly – I don't want to play the, like, oh, they underrated on national media. No, I just mean, like, who really watches the nose tackle? I don't blame anyone, but what he nose did garden was... Nosegarden at 3-4 is, like, you know, lineman. It's pure yes. dirty work. No glory, pure dirty work. And he was taking up, else up... He was double-teamed every single play, no matter what. There was a, this is not, there was a good amount of time he was triple-teamed. That's how important he was at times. He was He's a better pass rusher than you would think for somebody who's 350 pounds. He's good, good athleticism. He's an elite run stopper. And I just think, like... And granted, like, if you want to play the value game, I'll understand if you say, like, well, you know, you have Siaki Aika behind him and you know he's pretty good. You can say things like that, sure. But, I mean, Tyler Shelvin, the entire defense, in theory, builds around what he creates up front. Sure, they're going 4-3, but he's still going to be playing a nose guard role in theory in a one technique. So, Tyler Shelvin's my pick. I love it, dude. I had, uh, I actually had, so I had oh, yeah. Brennan, Stingley, Chase, then yeah. Shelvin. So okay. I have no problem flipping those, though. Uh, yeah, no, not, same I do, here. I thought about going I, Chase. It's tough. I, I do agree with you, though, because for years, LSU didn't have that true nose guard, and it showed, and they struggled because of it. And with his emergence, like the better he got, I'm not saying it's one to one. But the better he got last season, the better the defense got. It's 100% and and true. Their, their rise paralleled each other. And he, so he was at least a big part of it. And so, yeah, man, I agree. And now he's an upperclassman. So you look to him for some of that leadership as well. Uh, I mean, think about – and, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he is, like, a vocal guy or not. Uh, but you think about bringing in some of the new big names that they are on that defensive line position. And what better guy to kind of – Make sure that all these cats are, you know, ready to go. Then Tyler Shelvin, and someone who came in specifically not ready, had to go yeah, through a lot the, of adversity. Child. Yeah. Didn't give up. Listened to his coaches. Kept working, and now has worked his way to the number three most uh, valuable player on this LSU team in the Hold That Podcast podcast. Countdown. Which is people right. talk about it. Yes, yes. It, it, everybody's been anticipating this. For so many weeks, that's why we waited until minute thirty-eight of the podcast to do it. Uh-huh. It's like when you see, like, like you, it's like when you see, like LSU tweet out like some obscure magazine, like some obscure magazine ranked this player as an All-American. They're like celebrating it. Someone's gonna LSU's gonna you're gonna see the tweet tomorrow. 
Hold that oh. podcast name is Tyler Shelvin, number three most valuable. Bruh, I would have died back in the day for like, uh, I don't know, like a little blog All-American or something. Just give me anything where I can say that I was an All-American. That would have been... That would have been pretty badass. Um, number four, right. fourth we, pick. We know you're number four. Yeah. In the MV draft is Jamar Chase. <laughs> Which we're going to look crazy for picking him fourth, but I think it's more about positional value, no? Uh, wide receiver kind of, you know, it kind of it just, it's, well, I don't know, man. In football in general, is the idea, is the book on wide receiver starting to turn? Uh, I, I guess I only say that because, the Saints committed to Mike Thomas, and yeah. he did incredible. Like, like you know, he now, now and a lot of that is just because what Mike Thomas did, getting paid and then breaking the NFL record for catches, speaks to a self drive and a self motivation that you know everybody's not going to have. But I, but but I wonder, in like in the theory of team building, as 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 teams become more and more pass dependent, more and more spread heavy. Our wide receivers gaining in value, and our guys like Mike Thomas showing that oh, you can pay for a wide receiver and still have success uh, on a team as a whole. I, I mean, we'll see, right? Because didn't Amari Cooper just sign a five-year, hundred million dollar deal as well? No, yeah, no, he did, and I, I think you're right. I think it's changing. I think it is becoming. It went from a seemingly so maybe we are crazy position. for having Chase at fourth. Then I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. I think our overall point. That but I then, who would you put him by. over? You can't put him over Stingley. I mean, you could put him over Shelvin. I think that would be understandable, but I'm standing by my pick. I think that's just yeah. splitting hairs. Okay. So then. Blitnikoff right, winner, though. Jamar Chase, Blitnikoff winner. Um, I mean, there's an argument enough. to be made that we're saying that Stingley might be the best player in college football. And let's say Trevor Lawrence, those two are one, two, whatever you want to do. There's an argument that Chase is the third best player. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. that's what, I think that's what we're saying is crazy. All right, who's your five? Uh, my number five is. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Ed Ingram. Ooh, Ooh. I love it. I was actually going to ask you straight up if you had to pick between Deculus, the right tackle, and Ed Ingram, the left guard, who would you pick because of positional value? So explain yourself. Well, um, I don't know. I was just wanted to put no lineman in there, and I was like, Ed Ingram's the best <laughs> <of> lineman. <laughs> but, Transparency but today. I'm loving here, it. Here is the deal, though, with maybe I'm undervaluing Deculus. It's just he's 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 a great college football player. I mean, at this point in his career, doesn't he have like over thirty starts? He's started an absurd amount of games, and I guess he reminds me a lot of myself, right? Like never maybe been, but even better than me, but maybe never been like like great or had like that huge NFL potential, but just been damn solid. The thing about Ed Ingram is, even though he did. He wasn't as as great immediately returning as I thought he was going to be last year, and a lot of that shout out to Adrian McGee, another guy who like Austin Deculus, I consistently underrated and disrespected, only for him to get better and better. Uh, but but I still believe that Ed Ingram's potential is massive, and when it comes to uh, you, you hear things about his character, his leadership, those are all high. Well, without a center, without kind of an alpha in that room, that room may turn to him. Maybe they turn to Deculus. I have a feeling they might turn to Ingram. We'll have to wait and see. But when there's so many unknowns on that offensive line and when he's going to have a new left tackle working in next to him and a new center on the right of him, I feel like his potential to really influence the line as a whole is at a premium right now. And uh, as the old saying goes, Brody, you journalistic nerd, you may not ever have heard this one. Uh, it all starts up front in the trenches, okay? And so if the O-line's good, the team is good. It makes Miles Brennan's job a million times easier. So that's why I got Egg Ingram at number five. No, I'm surprised, but I'm happy with your choice. So, uh all right, this is where this gets tough for me. I think this is you like that BS though about the uh, the new player on the right, new player on the left. That kind of makes some sense. Yeah, you know, no, I, I mean, just, I think I, was just I think we could do some gymnastics. I feel like that. Yeah, if you do some mental gymnastics, yeah, no, it makes sense. No, yeah. gymna- no, no gymnastics <laughs> needed. Would you rather play by? Uh, I don't know. Give me, give me who's like the best guard you can think of off the top of your head. I don't know. Like ever? Like ever? Like I don't know. Like if I'm like Steve Hutchinson comes to mind. I'm just thinking of great okay. guards. I don't know. Okay, if you're a sinner. Would you rather play by Steve Hutchinson or would you rather play by, let's say, Adrian McGee? Like, what's going to make you look better? I get what, I don't, I'm trying to follow your point here. Uh, if you, you if you're me. a sinner, if you're a sinner, who would you rather play by, Adrian McGee or Steve Hutchinson? Hutchinson. 
Exactly. Okay, I'm like, wait, is there something I'm missing bad- here? Okay. No, I'm saying because it's going to make you look way more badass. Like, you're all going to kill it on double teams. It's going to make your life a million times easier. So, having two new bodies on either set of Ed Ingram, on either side of him, it, that, that, that means that Ed Ingram has a huge potential to decide how that whole line goes. No, I think it's a great pick. All right, now this is where this gets hard for me, though, because it's like, I think this is when we get in the re- region from like, five to like 12 where it's all pretty similar i'm going jacoby stevens at six. Oh, I'm not confident. i have jacoby stevens at six as well look at us yeah it's one i don't feel confident about because you know it's a guy who you know is a really talented football player you know he's really skilled you know he does a lot of things but it's like is he necessarily like the one of the best just sent straight up centers in football not not necessarily and then it's like lsu's actually kind of deep at safety that's at center safety and, like, LSU's relatively deep in safety, so if something happened, you would imagine it's okay. But still, I just think Jacoby Stevens is a big enough player, big enough leader on the team. I don't have too much to add. I just think There you go. You hit it. You hit it there at the end. Stand by your yeah. picks. Yeah. Do like I did. Just start to BS till you I know. I need to be better something. about that. Uh, um, Jacoby, though, you're right. I, I think, honestly, Jaco- uh, Jacoby Stevens, a lot of his value comes in leadership. Like, yes, a lot of it's on the field, and that's all well and good. But Derek Stingley Jr. is a quiet guy. I don't expect Stingley to ever be a super vocal type of leader. Um, I don't think Tyler Shelvin will ever be a super vocal kind of leader. Yeah, exactly. And and Jacoby Stevens is. And Jacoby Stevens, just when you talk to him, he's like one of the most well-polished kids that I've ever interviewed. He's just – He's, he's so well thought out in his responses. and I mean, he's, he does Coaches have said they consider him the smartest guy on the team. Yeah, there you go. And he does that wonderful thing where, like, he gives you a good soundbite even though he actually says nothing. Um, oh, I disagree. So, I think he's the guy who will, like, actually break down what the defense is trying to do. Like, all right, we're doing co- we're showing cover one, but we're actually playing cover three. And, like, I guess that's right. I think he'll, you know he'll break right. down all that stuff. I wasn't trying to you're argue right. you, but no, you're right, and that's why and that's why I like interview him so much, and that's also why I think I think I think this is a completely good value pick here, and I think I think you should stand by it. Uh, so am I up or no? You're up again. I'm up, and here's where I'm making my kind of this one might be insanity, but I stand by it. Because I'm between two players and I'm picking Eric Gilbert, and oh. I'm, I'm obviously choosing him over Terrace Marshall, which is a really tough, probably stupid pick because Terrace Marshall broke LSU records last year with like, what 14, 12 touchdowns. He's probably one of the five or six best returning receivers in the entire country. But there's something about the number two receiver versus the number one tight end, who's also a matchup nightmare that I think I'm just finding more value in Eric Gilbert if he's as good as people say he is. And this is kind of like my Miles Brennan pick, where we haven't seen my Eric Gilbert play a football game yet. But Yeah, bro, but he looks like a beast. He is the highest-rated <laughs> tight end in the history of 24-7 sports. I mean, he is I mean, he is the first tight end everyone get here player of the year. He's not a tight end. He just plays that position. But he's going to play in the slaughter receiver. He's going to play outside. He's a good blocker. I mean, he's a six foot six, 250-pound freak athlete. So I'm just saying from a value point of view, from a mismatch on a defense point of view, I think there's probably more value in Eric Gilbert because if you lose Eric Gilbert, your backup tight end situation is, all right, what are you doing? Cole Taylor? Are you doing Jamal Pettigrew? I don't really know if there's any option you're you're psyched about. If you lose Terrace Marshall, you still have Jamar Chase and you still have a pretty deep group of receivers below him. So that's my pick. Yeah, I love that. Um, Okay, my pick with number eight is Cole Taylor. What if Eric Gilbert gets what? hurt? Then all of a sudden, no, I'm is that you, you're not kidding? <laughs> no, I am. Okay, they did. <laughs> that would have been galaxy brain take right. There. I was gonna like shake your hand, like, even though it's not supposed to do that. Like, wow. Oh man, that's a Colin um, Coward one. Yeah, that is. Uh, I mean, I, I I think so. Here's where I'm at a bit of an impasse. Uh, I'm with you that I feel like Marshall could have been there at seven, and therefore Marshall. Seems like the logical pick for eight. I just almost want to put, even though I guess I can't because this goes against the spirit of the game, I almost want to put a nameless, faceless running back here. See, I feel like that's Uh, the one thing where there's no need for a running back in these picks because they're all pretty close. Nobody's separating themselves. They're three to four deep. I don't think anyone really deserves. So to be what if you just tr- so so what if you just treated them like an amalgamation? Like where well, that's a cheat would? Code. <laughs> I mean, is it? I mean, like I realize this is a made-up game, but that's no, you can't do that. That's terrible. It's it's most valued by a player. Yeah, like if I just said LSU's receiving core, then yeah, I would have taken that first. Yeah, but those are different positions, right? Jamar Chase isn't going to get oh, subbed out on. for Terrace. I'm just saying, dude. Jamar cool, Chase. Cool. I'm taking LSU's get, corners. All right, I win. They're not going to get. 
No, they're, they're, Jamar Chase isn't going to get subbed out for Terrace Marshall. They're, they're going to be on the field at the same time. You're not going to see two of these running backs on the You're field. You're arguing just time. to win, but you know I'm right, so I'm just going to let you do uh, it. No, no, no. I'm not even arguing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily advocating my You're point. You're not allowed all to pick I'm it. All I'm saying is, all, okay, I'm not allowed to pick it, but all I'm saying is, like, <laughs> but theoretically then, where would you rank a running back on this list? Are you saying that running back just doesn't matter, or are you saying there's not that a doesn't matter, but I don't think any of them would there? be in – I just don't think any of them would really be in the top like twenty just because of that thing. Like, I'm not wow. saying they're not. I think they're all really good. That isn't a commentary on that. I think LSU's really deep there. But if you're just going by a value thing, hey, was Clyde plus, Edwards a layer in the top twenty last year, Brody? Yeah, because he was an individual guy who got all the touches <laughs> and was one of the best running backs in the country. So yes, he was. But okay. maybe That's I wouldn't have last off. Yeah. All right, That's go a good on. Point. So uh, just okay, just do Terrace Marshall. Uh, we'll do Terrace Marshall. Um, All right, number nine. He's like 6'6", and he's super badass. And guess what? You want to double Jamar Chase? You want to try to cover Eric Gilbert? Well, now you got to cover Terrace Marshall as well. Um, My number nine for most impactful, and now we are – this is the last guy that I've written down. Um, My number nine is the Hound of Baskerville. Micah Baskerville. Uh, You're really confusing me. Uh, isn't he going to be the starting middle linebacker? I mean, then here's what I'll say. I already know who my number 10 pick is. It's Damone Clark. Oh, damn it. There you go. Damone Clark. Put Damone Clark there for my number nine. Or for all my right, number eight. Right. Or good, number, good. No, we're on number yeah. nine. There we go. That's your number Demone nine. Clark, right. inside linebacker. <laughs> Nice. What a uh, bring, podcast. <laughs> bring it back. Some experience from last year. But, okay, see, I, I guess this is what I'm – this is where I, I think you're waiting it more on the players, and I'm waiting it – like, I think we're doing both. I'm, I'm, putting a, I'm, I'm maybe, the one who just said you can't pick a running back. Like, I think it was a balance. That's all. No, I'm saying I think I'm – in my brain, I think I'm waiting things these things more positionally as well. Like when I gotcha. look at this list, when I look at this list, I feel like a running back and a linebacker have to come next because you've hit these highlights from all the other position groups and you hit your Terrace Marshall. Like, no, definitely. I, do, do, you, do you have a real problem if it's not like Damone Clark or Mike or Baskerville there? Like – What's that going to say about your linebacking crew? I don't know. Like who? So who would you put there? You you, you have a top fifteen typed out. I only went to eight. Who would you put after Terrace Marshall? Oh no, I would have picked Demon Clark. After Demon I mean, Clark. I, after Demon Clark. Okay, so I, I, I'm technically next. So I guess do you want me to go with my ten? Yeah, yeah, Demon Clark. Number this, nine. Was, this is the last Bam. pick of the day. Yeah, so Demon Clark's your nine. This is where it gets interesting. I have an idea for one, and I don't know if it's kind. Ooh, what about this? Like a I, like an amalgamation of all the running backs, just like you know, all throw. <laughs> That's good. So all right, I'm gonna go for it. I'm throwing a lot of risks out here as this goes on. Maybe I'm being stupid, but there's no stakes here because it's a made up game. I'm going Dare Rosenthal, even though he's suspended indefinitely. He might. We don't even know if he'll be back for the season. He is undoubtedly your left tackle assuming that all things go to plan and left tackle is the most one of the most important positions in football they don't really have a clear backup for him it's cam wire right now for example so i don't, yeah. you know, I don't think there's that wouldn't be an exciting oh. that wouldn't there wouldn't oh. be a ton of optimism but, if he's the star. but we don't know if we don't know if there's gonna be any good there brody um, are actually, you just there's a saying difference. that? Are you no, I've seen Darryl Rosenthal left start tackle? football. No, I've seen him start football games. He started like two games last season. I've seen him play a lot of minutes. So I saw Miles Brennan throw a touchdown in the SC Championship. What's your point? That's a great point. That yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't even think he threw one. I think that he let yeah, it drive, no, yeah. in which they uh, in which they ran one in. But actually, okay, I really am going to fight against Dare because I'm okay, going to shake I'm, up. I, I'm going to shake up our entire list. Uh-oh. I'm bumping everybody below Ed, I'm bumping everybody below Ed Ingram down a slot. Okay. And at number six, it's obvious. Cade York. That's funny. What He's on my list. Group, what position group has more impact on wins yep. and losses than does kicker? Well played. You went, He's and, on my and, list. And, and, and he was, I mean, look at the Cole Tracy impact. Okay, so if Miles Brandon is not good, how did the LSU still win 10 games with that bad quarterback played two years ago? Because Cole Tracy was a beast, yep. right? So, I mean, yep. I think you would throw Cade York in there at number six, 
Jacoby Stevens, seven, Eric Gilbert, eight, Marshall, then Clark, and bam, you got a top ten. So can I be honest with you here, and this is just a moment of transparency since you've been transparent with us today? Yeah. Cade York's actually my eight, but I just chose not to because it didn't seem like something fun I wanted wow. to discuss right now. <laughs> so I like chose the one that's better coward. to discuss. I know, I'll admit you it. But it coward. Um, but, man, but it worked out well, beautifully for me. It's a safe zone. It's a quarantine zone. It's a clean zone. You're okay. You you can you can admit these things. So yeah, do you so want me to run I down our uh, finals top ten? Let's do it. And let's 10? wrap up. Yeah. All right. Here are your top ten most valuable, depending on how you interpret value, players on this LSU 2020 football team. At number one, Miles Brennan, submitted by Brody Miller. At number two. Derek Stingley Jr., number three, Jamar Chase, number four, Tyler Shelvin, number five, Ed Ingram, number six, Kay Jork, number seven, Jacoby Stevens, number eight, Eric Gilbert, number nine, Terrace Marshall, and number 10, Damone Clark. Well delivered, my friend. That was a good list. I actually really like that list. Yeah, I think we did good, and it's our first show of the year. I hope I hope people are still going to listen. I hope people aren't livid after this. Maybe there's some big Austin Deculus guys who are out on the show now. I don't know. I the, I didn't I didn't slander Deculus's name. If anything, nobody I just did. Admitted I'm that saying. I'm terrible at. I just never give enough credit. I don't know why. My brain just doesn't want to do it. He started almost 40 games now at this point. One and Natty. He's got. He, he doesn't need to be worried about what the HTPP says about him. Or does he? And that'll do it. For this week's Hold That Podcast podcast, uh, huge shout out to The Athletic and to John Hayes and everybody else for bringing us uh, onto The Athletic platform. We love it. Brody does great work over there. And uh, if you're listening to this right now, you can sign up uh, with The Athletic 40% off using the promo code theathletic.com slash hold that podcast. Theathletic.com slash hold that podcast. 40% off. Trust me. If you have not used a website that does not have ads anymore, you do not know what you're missing. It's incredible. And plus, like, they got great sports writers. The content is out of control. If you're a sports nerd, you want to read The Athletic. So theathletic.com slash hold that podcast. And you can find this podcast wherever it's shown. Review it. Rate it. Share it. Share it.